What's happening, Over 6 Sports fans? It's your boy, Zach the Bandit Burke here. Just wanted to give a quick shout-out to the Norwich District Curling Club. They're running a chicken and rib dinner sponsored by uh, or catered by Gator Barbecue. Uh, you get a quarter chicken, you get four ribs, you get cheesy gator tots and some coleslaw, and uh, tickets are running out quick here. We've only got a couple weeks left. This event's running May 15, 2021. Takeout only. Takeout's from 5 to 7 p.m. You can hit me up at Zach Burke over six or uh, hit me up on Facebook or uh, send uh, me an email. Ours at Burke, Happy to hook you up with some tickets. They're running out fast. Get them while you can. And uh, thank you for being a listener of the Over Six Sports Podcast. We got quite the episode for you today. It is the Over Six Sports NFL 2021 Mock Draft. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Over Six Sports Podcast. It's your boy, Zach the Bandit Burke. And with me, as always, is Cam the Turf King. Charlton, what's going on, Cam? Oh, you know, things are good this week. Uh, Habs came off a big win last night, really needed it last night. Starting to get a tad worried, so things are good. How are you doing, Burke? I'm doing all right. I like how you lead off with the fact that the Habs uh, came off a big win and not that they shit the bed on the weekend. That's that's a positive way to look at it. I, I like the optimism there because it was pretty worrisome after uh, after what happened over the weekend. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I don't really have anywhere to go with that. The weekend was not good, but uh, we're moving <laughs> forward after last night's game. So keep well, moving I mean, forward. That's... Well, that's fair, and and uh, and we've been looking forward to this show for a while. So this is our uh, NFL draft mock draft uh, slash draft preview, and uh, so we're going to get into our headlines briefly. We're going to get into our uh, picks from last week, which I'm ex- super excited to get into our pick uh, or six picks uh, week eight or nine recap from last week. I had a good week, so excited to get into that. Uh, but before we get into our uh, headlines and recap, I want to – we have a special guest on the show today, friend of the show, Jake Cowell. He is the founder of NFLBlitz.me, which goes over really anything NFL that you need, and we'll bring him in right now. Uh, Jake, how you doing? Good, man. How you guys doing? Doing very well. Thank you, sir. Thanks for joining the show. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Well, we're uh, the part of the reason we brought Jake in is because uh, I I, uh, I love the NFL and uh, love the Miami Dolphins. I am just not the biggest draft guy in the world, so this is why we have the Turf King and uh, Jake from NFL Blitz uh, to uh, to kind of walk us through the mock draft. So uh, Jake's gonna be with us for the whole show. Um, if we can get some NHL picks in, then we'll let him. Uh, do his picks as well why not i mean he is a biased pittsburgh fan which is really unfortunate (laughs) but we'll see how it goes and yeah i know so then uh and jake's also going to join us next show just for our uh, nfl draft recap and we'll probably have him on again um down the road to uh talk some nfl so cam let's get into the headlines yeah i mean we got to start it off with the weekend golf 
Brooke Henderson with a big comeback on Saturday because the women's have been doing Wednesday to Saturday tournaments, Saturday evening, four stroke from behind. She comes back, gets her 10th title, and she just keeps adding to her being the best Canadian golfer of all time. She's now got more wins than anybody else. She's got the major. She had the Canadian Open win, and now it's her 10th title. So it's just super exciting for her, and I keep forgetting she's only 23 years old. Yeah, she keeps rolling, man. I mean, she kind of went through what, you know, broadcasters were saying was a drought. I don't think she won in two years. Um, I, You know, I don't think that's as quite of a drought as uh, Jordan Spieth went through. Uh, not, not quite. Um, I, I just find it interesting that, you know, you look at all these young golfers and Brooks 23 said, right. So, and you look at, uh, guys like Spieth, who's he's 27 or however old he is, 26. Uh, and, and these guys don't win a tournament for a couple of years and nobody talks about them anymore. And you forget that they've got 20, 25 years of good golf left in them. Yeah, you got to assume they at least have a good 10, 15 years of their prime. Start kind of dropping off a little when you're 40, but she's 23 years old. And it's just super exciting to see a Canadian do it. She's got to be one of the biggest Canadian stars. And I think sometimes we underappreciate kind of the career she's having. Well, and the other thing that I'll point out is, is like not to merge sports too much, but you know, like Bianca Andreescu wins the US Open um, last year or the year before, whenever it was, right? Which was obviously super important for, for women's tennis in Canada. Um, and she was super celebrated and we got somebody like Brooke Henderson. He's won her 10th and she doesn't get nearly the amount of, um, nearly the amount of recognition, clout, whatever you, whatever the kids want to call it. doesn't get even nearly any of that. Right? No, she doesn't. And I think she should. I don't know what it is. Like you had Jeannie Bouchard in tennis, get a ton of recognition. Cause I mean, she no, was that's a slump by the way. That's a swimsuit. Slump. And <laughs> But it's not like Brooke's a terrible looking person. She's cute, maybe. Like, she's definitely your, she's not going to be in any swimsuit edition Sports Illustrated anytime soon. But that's yeah, unfortunate. I'd like, to, I'd like to see her get a little <laughs> more. And, uh, but I think we got to keep moving along. We got to keep things short today and get to this NFL draft. Yeah. But the other thing we got to touch on is just the Jays. George Springer is still not playing. Sounds like he has a little bit of a setback with his quad. I know it's a long season, but it's $150 million for this guy. Really want to see him play sometime soon. Buddy, this guy's making so much money sitting on his ass. Like, I, I've said this before, but I cannot believe how long guys sit on the injury list playing baseball. Like I And, I, and I'm sure most of us, Jake, you've played baseball, I'm sure, at some point in your life, right? Uh, just the occasional love ball tournament on the weekends. Well, okay, but if, <laughs> That's about it. if, if you've pulled the hammy, you're not – you're just going to crash a six pack and go out anyway, right? Like you're not. Yeah. I'd probably be playing in the late game. I mean, you're not, you're not uh, at in, in peak physical shape. Like none of us are um, like these guys in, in the MLB are, but man, it's, it's just incredible. I mean, the Jays are what 20 games into the season. Are they quite there yet? Yeah. They're coming up on that. And yeah, it's just, like that's an eighth team. of the season. Yeah. You look at, and then you look at this team and they're not really scoring runs the way you thought they were. They've missed Hernandez because of COVID and Springer. So there's two guys who you're counting on. And it's just a little disappointing that Springer's still not ready. Well, before we move off the Jays, the one thing I do want to give props to is their, uh, their bullpen. And we said this on the podcast earlier in the year, that the one thing that we thought that Jays might struggle with is pitching and they've had, uh, you know, Merriweather and, or Mayweather, whatever his name is and Romano, and some of their best closers go out and 
you know, bench mob is something that we've talked about with the Raptors. And this is what the Jays bullpen is showing us. They've got this bench mob mentality. Next man up, let's get the job done. Yeah, it's crazy. It's right across baseball, but the Jays are top in ERA in the AL and their bullpen's the top ERA in the entire majors. So it's super exciting and super promising to see. We just got to get healthy and get those bats going and it should be a good year. Yes, sir. Well, and we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk more about the Jays, not our main focus, but we're going to move into our NHL picks recap from last week. Cam, start it off. Yeah, well, I mean, let's just glaze over these games quickly, especially this first one. Uh, the yep. Habs didn't show up much on Saturday night. <laughs> it was kind of unfortunate, making this division interesting. Primo wasn't as good as he was in his first two career NHL starts. Flames got the job done. You won. I lost, so... Yes, sir. We'll start it there. Moving along, Leafs game. Leafs beat the Jets, and really, they just handled that series really well, and they seem to do that. Every time the Leafs go on a stump, they come out and have a series against one of the teams they're fighting for that first four and just kind of dominate them. Yep, they do, and I thought they played. They really showed their physicality has, has improved, and, um, and you know, that's something that, you know, everybody who's not a Leafs fan has been saying forever is that the only one of the main reasons they look good on paper, but they can't get that physical game going for the playoffs. So we'll see if they can sustain that. There's a big game coming up against the Habs uh, on Wednesday night. So um, we'll see if the Leafs can, can put a dagger in the, in the Habs uh, playoff hopes. And so I started off the weekend two and O and you're own two. I don't know if a dagger is <laughs> going to do it. They have a six point lead with a game at hand on Calgary, but yeah, moving you guys along. Got th- you guys got three games against us, by the way, let's just acknowledge that. So if you lose all three, you're in trouble. Calgary and Vancouver play each other four times though. There's no way they can each end up with eight points. No, there. but if Calgary sweeps that series, then then it's interesting. Yeah, anyways, moving along, the Canucks beat the Sens on Saturday. My hot take was the Sens are going to ruin their playoff chances. The Sens win two out of three of that series, but of course lose the one that we bet on on Saturday. So I wasn't wrong, but <laughs> I also wasn't right on Saturday night. So that kind of hurt. Yeah, well, you know, no need to dwell on this one. I mean... Picking the Sens is is a pick 'em almost every night. They they're pesky as we've always said, and uh, and I picked on the right side that night three zero. But we both did good on our locks. Yeah, and I mean I know I made Jake happy right away. I finally locked the Pens to win instead of going against them over and over again. So they beat the Jets, <laughs> and, or yeah, they they won their game against the Devils. Against the Devils. And it, it was a pretty easy lock and felt pretty good. You keep switching it up and keep staying perfect, Burke. The Wild beat the Sharks. The Wild are one of the hottest teams in the NHL right now, them and the Penguins. So those were kind of two good picks on the weekend, and both teams stayed hot. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm 100% on the lock still, and this is starting to be a trend. I think we're in like week six or week seven of locks that we've started here. So I've uh, I've put up and uh, and shut up the haters. And so we're, if we if we got time at the end of the podcast today, we're going to throw out some quick picks for next week. Um, but so to recap, Cam, what are we at stat wise for that? Yeah, I'm slowly struggling along here. One for four weekend sitting at about 45 percent, but still 85 percent in the locks. You're sitting right around 58 percent overall. And like you said, 100 percent on the locks. So keep it going. 58% on the picks is actually what I'm most proud of. Locks is great. Um, I have mixed it up, picked up different teams. So that's all fine and dandy, but 58%. Happy to be there. We got a couple weeks left, so you're going to get there, and we'll start fresh in 
the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, so we're going to move into our NFL 2021 mock draft. Uh, Jake, are you ready to go for this? I was born ready for this, Bert. All right, Cam, you're good? Yeah, let's do it. All right, well, before we dive into that, we want to wish a very happy birthday to none other than Jake Cowell from NFLBlitz.me. Happy birthday, Jake. Thanks, guys. Cheers. All right, well, we're going to do a quick shot with you before uh, we do this, so cheers. Woo! That was... um. That was spicy, just like uh, some of the takes that I'm about to hear on <laughs> our NFL 2021 mock draft and draft preview. With no further ado, let's get it on. Uh, so as I said, I'm going to moderate kind of this thing. I don't really have a lot of opinions. I'll chime in, chime in when I can, but I'm just here to steer the ship this week. Uh, so with the first pick, and the NFL 2021 draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select. Yeah, I don't even know if there's much. I this kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Trevor Lawrence is the pick here. I don't think Jake's going to have anything against that. I'm pretty sure we can move along with this pick. Well, there you go. So, I mean, if it's that much of a consensus, then this is why we're going to, you know, keep this under an hour and a half. Uh, Jake, you had said to me the other day that you were, you were thinking of uh, – uh, of, of calling out Trevor Lawrence as a bust. Are you saving that for later, or, or what are you doing with that? Yeah, I might, I might hold off to the end of that one. We'll save that one for the end. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> All right, well, that means that the uh, New York Jets are on the clock, and with the second overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select. Jake, who do you got? Yeah, I think everyone's got Zach Wilson here. It just seems like the general consensus. Personally, I would take Justin Fields here, but everything that I'm hearing, Wilson has the talent, so, I mean, it's got to be Wilson. And just for people who don't follow football as close, that that's a QB position. Yeah, and I, I agree here. The Jets, whether we agree or not, it's Wilson. I don't think it makes sense to try and overthink this one or go anywhere else with it. We've heard they're taking Wilson, so let's stick there. Well, and, they, and just to acknowledge, too, again, they traded Sam Darnold away in the offseason, so they were really lacking their uh, – Really a lacking at QB, so they had to take a QB, so that's who they're going with. So move along to San Francisco 49ers. Uh, the Niners traded uh, for this pick. It was originally Miami's from Houston, and now it's uh, San Francisco's from Miami from Houston at the third pick. So with the third overall pick, the 49ers are selecting Cameron. Who we got? It's not who I would want to go if I was San Fran, but everything I'm seeing and realizing is it's going to be Mac Jones. I'd be going one of the other two in Lance or Fields, but sounds like it's going to be Mac Jones, and that's where I'm thinking it's going. Yeah, just like Cham said, everyone's thinking Mac Jones. The betting line on him gets bigger and bigger each time. Um, again, yeah, I would probably take Lance or Fields over that too, but what a lot of people don't know about Jones is that he has the best underneath accuracy out of every quarterback in this class, better than Lawrence, better than Wilson, and... If anyone watches San Fran, Jimmy Garoppolo makes a living off throwing the underneath passes, setting up the run after catch, and that's something that San Fran thrives on. So I think what uh, Shanahan's thinking here is that he's going to get his guy that he's hoping can be a little better than Jimmy Garoppolo, get him over that uh, hump. And I yeah, and I think Mac it makes Jones. a lot of sense there too. Mac Jones has probably the highest floor out of those guys. 
probably the lowest ceiling in my opinion, but he's basically ready to go in there week one and his floor is super high. So let me ask you this question then, and, and either of you can answer this, but uh, but is, is George Kittle going to have a career season uh, and be a more effective tight end other than Kelsey if Mac Jones is throwing underneath all game? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the big question mark with Kittle is if he can be healthy or not. Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, that's it's like uh, it's like what Kyle Shanahan said: we never know who's going to be alive on Sunday, so we'll, we don't even know. <laughs> we don't even know if Kittle's going to be uh, going to be around next season. So I guess we'll see. So let's get into the fourth overall pick, and we got a listener who's a big fan of these guys with the fourth overall pick: the Atlanta Falcons select. Who do you got, Jake? Uh, so I gave him Kyle Pitts. So after with the uh, Julio Jones trade rumors, it kind of seemed pretty fitting. I mean, after the quarterbacks, Pitts is probably the best player in this class. I mean, he's a freak. He has the best wingspan we've seen from a tight end. He can catch the ball wherever you put it. He can beat man coverage one-on-one. He abused J.C. Horn in their matchup against South Carolina. So after Atlanta doesn't go quarterback here, I see it being Pitts. Yeah, and I don't think Pitts is a bad option here. I just look at Atlanta's future, and they're not going to win it anytime soon. I don't know if they're ever going to – they're going to be too good to, I think, pick here again. So I think it's got to be Trey Lance. You pick a guy who's not ready day one, who he can work a year or two under uh, Matt Ryan there. You still get the seven years by the time you can do it with the quarterback. So I think the best play for them is to go quarterback. And Trey Lance with that ceiling and being able to shelter him behind – Matt Ryan makes a ton of sense for me. So Cam, you, you, with with Trey Lance, are you thinking that's what they're actually going to pick, or is that like, in your opinion, the best pick that they could make? I'm kind of back and forth between Pitts and Lance here, and so that's where I just go personally. I think they're better to go quarterback long term. From the sounds of it, some of them think they're some of the ownership or think they're ready to win now. They're not. Kyle Pitts is not going to win them a championship anytime soon with the rest of their team. And, uh, and Jake, do you have a, do you have thoughts on that? I see you nodding your head on that. Or do you kind of agree with what Cam's saying on that? Yeah, exactly. Like the way I looked at it is after the, you know, the first three picks are going to be quarterbacks and then you got Atlanta, Cincinnati, Miami, that kind of where the draft really starts taking shape. So really, in my opinion, Atlanta holds the keys to this whole draft. So I could see them going quarterback. I could see them going O-line. I could see them going tight end. They got a lot of holes to fill, so honestly, I wouldn't be surprised with it, whichever way they went. Well, that's the understatement of the year that the Atlanta Falcons have a lot of <laughs> holes to fill <laughs> and, and a I lot think of cap honest, to figure out. Honestly, Atlanta's best option here is, I think, to trade back. You got Denver, who's at nine, who if you can get a couple assets, you have a lot of things to fill. Trading back to that position might be their best option. It's not quite the same, but they could trade to four from four to nine, which is basically 28 to three. Um, let's go with, uh, let's move on to the fifth overall pick. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals in the NFL 2020, 2021 draft select. Cam, who you got here? It's got to be Penesul. Uh I know there's lots of talk that Burrow wants Jamar Chase here, but you saw he got injured. His O-line was horrendous. If you can get a guy you can step in day one, help Joe Burrow. T Higgins showed signs this year. They got a couple other weapons out there. The biggest thing is if Joe Burrow is your franchise quarterback, you need to keep him safe. You need to keep him on two feet. So I think that's their best option. I think that's where they're going to go. 
Joe Burrow's uh, brain wants Jamar Chase, and his knee is begging for Sewell. Uh, Jake, who do you got here? Uh, yeah, so I totally agree with what Cam said, and I kind of broke my mock draft rule on this pick where I never usually put down what I think they want to do. I always do what I would do. So I went Jamar Chase here. I mean, it's what Burrow wants. It's what he says he wants. You don't usually like telling your young QB, no, you're not going to get this. And I mean, as much as I want them to go Sewell, I just I have a feeling they're going to lean towards Chase. So you're saying that my – so Sewell's going to drop to – below five i mean from all indications before he was a top five pick easy slam dunk like this guy's you know from a lot of what media and other podcasts are saying is is a generational talent and you think that the need for quarterback and and for these other guys is going to overshadow the need for the o-lineman yeah i mean this is the farthest i've ever had sewell on a mock draft i've done this year and i just the it all comes down to the need like you said well, let's, let's kick it into gear here because we're getting to one of our favorite teams. And uh, Miami originally at three, then back to 12, and then up to six again. And we don't actually know if they're even going to select at six from all indications. And I don't want to steal too much thunder from you guys. But if Pitts and Chase are off the board, they might trade back. Uh, but you guys can fill us in on the details on that. So with the uh, sixth overall pick, maybe the Miami Dolphins select. Jake, what's going uh, on So here? I have Miami trading back, actually. So I have the Denver Broncos coming up to select Trey Lance. So personally, I think Denver has a really complete team. I just don't like what I've seen from Drew Locke so far. I mean, I know Sutton was out, um, but if they draft a quarterback this year, it doesn't necessarily mean they're starting day one. So Drew Locke can still have his, uh, his season to prove himself. But Trey Lance... Needs a little bit of refining, so I think the Denver's going to come up, make the push, go up three spots, and draft Trey Lance here. I actually love that idea. Trey Lance to Denver makes so much sense because it still gives Locke that one last chance because Lance is not a day-one starter. He's not coming in this year starting week one, so you give Locke a little bit of room. Again, in your mock, you have Chase and Pitts gone here. If they're both gone, Miami's trading down. Miami's fine with either Chase or Pitts at six, but if they're both gone, yeah, they they got to trade down. You have Denver, you have New England who want to come up. I think it's going to cost too much for New England, but for Denver to move up three spots, it's probably a perfect place for Miami to grab another pick, and they're happy with another one of those top pass catchers. So the way I see it, it's six. If Pitts or Chase are there, they're taking one of those two guys. If they're both there, they're taking Pitts. If not, trading back makes the most sense. So then what are they looking at in terms of compensation from training back from six? If, if it's say Denver at nine, like what is a realistic expectation for moving up three spots? Uh, so it's only three spots, but I mean, because of how early it is in the draft and because of what they're trading up to get, like Miami knows they're coming up to get a quarterback. So they know they can get as much as they can. Uh, I think it'll probably be, I think Denver picked 71st in the third round. So I think Miami will be getting that one. And then either a second or third round pick in next year's draft. I don't think the three is enough to get a first with getting the third this year. So I think it'll be the third this year and then a second or third again next year. Well, we'll see what Greer does because we, I mean, they, they traded up uh, or they traded uh, the third pick for about a thousand first round picks. So, I mean, three is not that much different than six. So (laughs) 
Well, let's get on. Uh, let's keep moving down the draft board here. We have uh, a number seven, one of our uh, our favorite teams. Um, that they'll bite your kneecap off if they can. At number seven, the Detroit Lions in the NFL 2021 draft are going to select Cam. Who you got? Well, I mean, if you're going to talk about biting kneecaps off and other issues like that, it's got to be Micah Parsons. Detroit has so many holes to fill. Let's just take the best available player. In most drafts, he's probably a top five pick. There's arguments that he could be a top three player in this if the QB need wasn't so high. He's definitely one of the highest upside players. He has some issues, but Detroit's just got to take the best player available, and I have them taking Micah Parsons here. Yeah, I love that pick too. And I like same thing. Parsons, one of the best prospects in this class. But I mean, you guys can almost guess who I got them taking here after not having him go earlier. So I got Panay Sewell going to the Lions. I mean, the Lions probably have the most holes out of any team in the league. So Campbell's going to love a big physical franchise left tackle that he can put over there for 10-plus years, and he'll be happy. So then, Jake, let me ask you this then. So they put uh, Panay Sewell in that lineup. Um, what's a timeline for our Detroit fans, so, which is few and far between, which is actually not true because we're in southern Ontario, so there's lots of Detroit fans but we like to chirp them for it. Um, what's a realistic timeline um, for them to even get back into competition? Because frankly, they were a dumpster fire last year. I don't think Jared Goff's the long-term answer, but Detroit, I think over the next few drafts, I, I'm not hundred percent on this, but I believe they do have uh, quite a bit of draft capital in the next year's draft. So I think over the next two or three years, they can kind of start building a good team and then probably four or five years down the road. Hopefully they can, uh, start competing in the north there well i guess we're gonna see so let's go with uh and again we got you know the nice thing about over six sports and and we hear from our listeners we've got a lot of different fans in the nfl obviously cam and i are miami fans uh jake's a ravens fan so he'll be pumped up for later on uh in that pick um but we do have uh a carolina panthers fan and they got the eighth overall pick and with that pick the carolina panthers are selecting cam who you got Yeah, so with this pick, I have them taking offensive tackle, Rashawn Slater. I just think it makes a lot of sense. You brought Darnold in to be your QB of the future, so why not give him a little protection? That's been an issue with them for a few years, and I think it's a pretty much lock that they're going to take him if everything falls away. I think it will. Sorry, I'm I'm chuckling here because you said you said Darnold, the boy who sees ghosts, as the quarterback of the future. I know that our Panthers buddy just <laughs> loves that Darnold is their guy. Uh, Jake, do you do you agree with Cam or who do you see going to the Panthers in the draft here? Yeah, so I have the New England Patriots trading up from pick 15 to number eight. Uh, so Belichick was probably the most aggressive uh, GM in free agency this year, so I don't see why he wouldn't keep that going. They signed all those guys, but they only signed Cam Newton to a one-year deal. So I got them trading up for Justin Fields. He's the last first-round QB talent, uh, or last first-round uh, QB left. So I think New England's going to jump in there into the top ten and grab him. You think that Fields is dropping to eight? I don't like it, but I mean that's just what it seems like. Every time I see someone else do a mock draft or see rankings or see an article, it's all about Justin Fields falling. Cam, who do you who, do? Do you agree with Jake? Who do you see the? Uh, do you agree with the trade first of all? Do you, do you think the Panthers are going to draw back, or do you think that they're going to take a? Or are they going to take a run at Fields because they don't have faith in Darnold, or what do you think they're going to do? 
Yeah, no, if they're going to stay there, they're going to stay with Slater, in my opinion. But I think trading back is a great option for them. Again, they're a team with many holes. If you can trade back, especially for a team trying to move up from 15, makes a ton of sense for them. They can get a couple really good players, really stockpile some stuff. They're in full rebuild mode right now. Darnold's still young. So trading back and taking the best available player makes a ton of sense as well. Well, let's move on into, um, and, and, I'll, and I'll keep up with you here, Cam, for, uh, to, to go first here. Um, so we got Denver Broncos at nine. Now, this is an interesting one. I'm trying to keep track of the trades that you guys say here. So let, let's start off with um, Denver. If they actually do take the pick and, you know, Miami at six takes Pitts or they take Chase or who, uh, those are the two guys that they're interested in. Um, and so, as I said, the Broncos have to pick. Who are they taking, Kim? So, again, if there's no trades here at all and stuff, I see Justin Fields dropping this far. So Denver's going to pick up Justin Fields without having to trade up, which would be amazing for them. Again, that's only if no trades happen. I expect Denver, New England, a couple of these teams to trade up. So if there's no trade-ups and Denver's stuck picking here, I think Fields will be available and they'd be super happy to get him at nine. And then if if this is Miami's pick then at nine, who do you have see Miami picking at nine here? If Miami's picking at nine, I think you kind of got to hedge your bets. It's going to be Smith or it's going to be Waddle. Personally, I'm thinking Waddle's the pick to go here. Waddle, Waddle, Waddle. Jake, what uh, I, I know that you kind of predicted that Miami's going to move back, same as Cam. Again, I'll ask you the same question. If Denver's picking here, who are they going with? Uh, yeah, I got them taking uh, wide receivers or Michael Smith. Um, I mean, if Miami wanted to get Pitts or Chase, but they were going to trade down if they weren't there, I see them being happy getting either Smith or Waddle. So, I mean, it just adds another playmaker for Tua so we can actually see what he's going to do this year. And then who's uh, who's who's Denver taking if they if they stick with that pick? I think they're taking either Lance or Fields if they're there. If not, I would have them taking Michael Parsons. All right. Well, you guys have got – it's kind of interesting thus far. You guys have kind of – in the top ten here, it's, it's mix and match. The drafts aren't the same, and the best part is is that time's going to tell – because uh, we are going to hopefully do a show on Friday uh, just as a recap. So we're going to get two episodes of Over Six Sports in the same week. Jake will be back for that. Uh, so then let's uh, let's keep moving it along. We're, uh, we're at number 10. And number 10 is the Dallas Cowboys, a team that has not been mentioned in any trades and who is still a dumpster fire. We're not even sure if uh, what's going to happen with Dak Prescott. And we're not really sure what's going on with Zeke Elliott. He underperformed last year without his boy. They had some nice, uh, they had some nice pieces that uh, some nice rookies that they they used. Uh, Ceedee Lamb was a great addition last year. He was a decent player. Cam, who do you have with the tenth pick? Who is the Dallas Cowboys selecting in the NFL twenty twenty one draft? So in my predictions here, we have Trevor Lawrence as a lock as one. Zach Wilson as a lock as two. Number 10 is as much of a lock, in my opinion, as that. Patrick Sertan, the second, is going 10th. They're taking the cornerback. They really need help there. And he is clearly the number one cornerback in this draft. To me, it's a lock. If you can find anywhere where it says Cowboys are taking him or he is going at 10, try and find those odds because it's as much of a lock as I can see it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not every day you see pick number 10 being a lock, but I mean, like Cam said, I haven't seen him going anywhere else. No one's talked about him going earlier. No one's talked about him going later. He just seems to be the all-around best cornerback in the class. 
Well, nice. We got some consensus on that, so we can move on to the 11th pick, which uh, another friend of the show, uh, Ryan Kramer, his New York Giants. Uh, They're picking at number 11. Uh, Jake, who do you got the Giants selecting at 11 if they don't trade it? So I have another trade. So earlier earlier this week, we saw that their tweet that got deleted with the Giants. Well... I'm buying it. I got the Chargers trading up two spots. I still got Rashawn Slater available, so I got the Chargers moving up to get their guy, Rashawn Slater, left tackle. Cam, what do you think? Yeah, I think the Giants and Gettleman have been basically linked to Devonta Smith from the start. He seems to love him. I think he's going to be available there. The Giants want more help and more options for Daniel Jones, so Devonta Smith fits really well in that offense, I think, and can bring another element to help them out. So my question is, is that I heard a lot of chatter early on just about Miami and Devonta Smith. Where did that go? Because it seems as if that has just disappeared off the face of the map and uh, or face of the world, whatever. Cam, what happened to Devonta Smith to uh, Miami? He's just small. I mean, he's still a super talented. And I, in my opinion, there's three clear number one wide receivers in this draft class with Chase, Smith, and Waddle. I just think personally Waddle and Chase are a step above him. Waddle was probably going to be the Heisman winner if he didn't get injured. He was on pace in the first half of the season better than Smith. Smith is still a heck of a thing, but I think people were worried about size and some of those things. So I think he's just dropping off a bit. Everyone forgets that Chase was the Blenikoff winner last year over guys like Justin Jefferson. He was that good. And when it comes to Waddle or Smith, I basically think it's a coin flip. You could go either way with them, and it's pretty similar that way. Well, and, and again, you know, shouting out the uh, Sports Gambling Podcast, friends of the show, um, number 12, Sean Green. Sean stacking the money greens, Philadelphia Eagles. Um, originally was uh, uh, was the, well, actually it was the 49ers, and then they traded it from the, to the Dolphins. Uh, they grabbed it from the Dolphins, excuse me. Uh, Jake, Philadelphia Eagles, who do you got them selecting at 12? I got them going cornerback, J.C. Horn. Uh, I mean, after Darius Slay on Philadelphia's defense, their secondary is pretty weak. I mean, they're going up against guys like Kenny Galladay, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Terry McLaurin. I mean, there's just so much receiving talent in that division. I think Philadelphia has to uh, strengthen up the defense there. I mean, I'd love to see them get Jalen Hurts some weapons on offense. But, I mean, not many teams go back-to-back wide receivers uh, in the draft in the first round. So, I think they're going to go J.C. Horn. Yeah, I see them going Jalen Waddle. Let's have Jalen Hurts, Jalen Rager, and Jalen Waddle on the same team. Too many Jalens. They need another weapon. I think they're hoping that Waddle's going to be available there. They've just missed badly on wide receiver picks. Arcega Whiteside's not very good. Rager didn't really look great last year. <laughs> so I think they're going to triple dip now on wide receivers and go with Jalen Waddle, and I think he'll really help Jalen Hurts. They do have a bit of chemistry. They played a little bit together, so... I think that's the way they're hoping to go and hope he's there available. All right, so we're going to move into uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. And, uh, Jake, you had this one uh, being traded. So who do you have then? Uh, I don't remember. Sorry, I you, you had the Chargers. I think they were moving up. They were trading with the Giants to 11. So then who do you have the Giants taking at 13th if they do, in fact, tra- uh, trade with the Chargers? I don't think of Michael Parsons, linebacker. Uh, Dave Dettelman loves the big physical guys. Uh, Parsons a linebacker, he can be an edge rusher. He isn't the best in coverage, but I mean, that's not why they're drafting him. I mean, he's a top five prospect, so I think Mike Dave Elman is going to be loving this pick. 
And if they don't uh, trade the pick, then who do you got the Chargers taking at 13? Uh, the Chargers taking Darisaw. I think left tackle is a big need for them. So if with the slate with Slater gone to the Giants at 11, I would have had. I think they're taking Christian Darisaw and tackle out of yeah, the, just watching the Chargers, they need help in the secondary. If they're staying in this position and there's no trades and J.C. Horn's available, I think they're going that. These corners this year are quite good. They're quite deep, and they need help there. As you found, they can put up points, but they had an issue keeping points off the board. So J.C. Horn will help that defense. Well, that's a beauty. And, and I mean, the Chargers, you know, they um... – you know they had a lot of help from their uh, their rookie quarterback uh, Justin Herbert last year, and it's going to be in his second year. So if you can, and that that was the thing is I, they didn't struggle on offense last year. It was their defense that was absolutely horrible. So they got to shore that up, and then they might be competitive, right? Well, I mean, the biggest issue with the Chargers is their coaching, and they did make a change there, luckily. <laughs> if they kept with the same coach, then I would still be fading them sixteen weeks or seventeen weeks this year. <laughs> Anthony Lynn out the door. Yeah, his coaching decisions last year were questionable at best. And at 14, this is a team that uh, that we haven't talked about in a trade. Uh, 14, we have Minnesota Vikings. And with the 14th pick in the NFL draft, the Minnesota Vikings are taking. Cam, I'm going to start with you on this one. They're going to help their offensive line and take Vera Tucker here. I think they want to help there they again have a pretty good offense they have a couple really good weapons but they just need to shore up that line again give them a little more time and i think that's where they're gonna go jake do you concur on that uh, i concur with the line i got them going derisaw though i would have had them going to the Chargers to pick ahead but falling one more spot i got them taking derisaw just like camp said i mean they got to strengthen that offensive line delvin cook balled out with a below average offensive line and it'll just give Kirk Cousins all that much more time to hit uh, Jefferson, Thielen, and uh, I guess breakout tight end Irv Smith. Yeah, Irv's my boy in uh, in Madden. I, I love that guy. I mean, I only throw two plays in Madden. One is to uh, Hopkins on a slant route, and the other one's to uh, is to Irv Smith on. What? Oh wait, yeah, another slant route. Yep, that's all I throw. Um, okay, so then we got uh, we got New England at fifteen. Now we got to talk about this again. It's a double edged here because uh, Jake, you had them. Uh, trading with uh, with Carolina to the eighth spot. If they do that, uh, who do, uh, you've kind of already mentioned who the Patriots are, are looking to take there. If Carolina drops to fifteen, who uh, who do you think Carolina's taking at fifteen? Yeah, I have the Panthers taking Caleb Farley. I mean, there's a lot of speculation with his back surgeries, but I mean, he's had a couple positive uh, feedbacks about that. I mean, the talent's there, so someone's going to take a chance on him. I got the Panthers taking Farley here. I mean, that guy's incredible in open open space. Uh, he used to play wide receiver. I haven't seen a cornerback track a ball as good as he can. So I think they stop Farley's uh, slide here and they take him at 15. Panthers need a whole lot of help everywhere. But, yeah, if they stay in this position, I think they're probably going to go defense if they're here. If New England keeps this pick, though, I think they're going to go quitty pay, although I do think they're going to trade up. I can't see an any reason why new england's not going to be aggressive especially if lance and fields start to fall at all i think they got to step up and get it and then if san fran has actually been doing a whole smoke screen show this entire time and mac jones drops a bit i don't think anybody's trading up quickly for mac jones other than the patriots so i think they're going to be trading up for quarterback but if they somehow stay here i think quitty pay is the guy to go yeah well that's super interesting with uh 
with that 15. I mean, with all the trades and everything that you guys are talking about, I mean, it's wild. We got two different mock drafts. You guys got things moving all over the place and we're halfway through. So let's go to, uh, to number 16, the Arizona Cardinals, uh, surprised a lot of people last year. They, they performed relatively well. I've seen a couple people having them win the division next year. Uh, even with the extra game cam at 16 or Arizona is Arizona taking the 16th pick. Who are they taking or are they trading away from 16? Yeah, unless they decide that they're really going to trade up and try and get aggressive for Smith or Waddle or something, I think they're going to stay here. They're going to look at a corner, and I have Caleb Farley here. Jake just touched on him. He's super impressive, everything about him. Arizona's needs help in that secondary. So if he's available here, that's where they're going. I think with how good these corners are this year, they're going to be going cornerback if they stay at 16, and uh, that's Caleb Farley is definitely a guy they're hoping to see there. Uh, so I agree with the corner, but I got Farley, Horn, Sertain already gone, and I don't think there's another corner there that they should be uh, reaching on. So I got them taking Jalen Waddle. A little bit of a fall, but I mean, last year we saw C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy both fall a little bit. Uh, Arizona stated that they're thinking about trading up for one of the top wide receivers that they start to fall. I mean, I'm staying put here, taking Waddle. I mean, he's probably the most explosive wide receiver in the class, and that just gives another weapon for uh, Cliff Kingsbury's air raid offense. Well, that'll help with Murray too, right? I mean, you saw last year that this guy knows how to just gun it down the field. I mean, he's not very tall, not very big. He's super explosive kind of behind the line, but he also can just absolutely whip the ball down the field. Uh, Saw that against the Bills when they upset them right at the end of the game. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's an interesting point. Uh, Hey, let's – we we got a team that – that is is coached by a legend, the 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 legend of the bowl cut. We have the Las Vegas Raiders at seventeen. Jake, who do you got the Raiders taking at seventeen? Uh so what what Vegas did to their O line this year it blew my mind. I mean, they were getting rid of guys left, right, and center. They had a lot of guys injured last year. They had young guys playing, but I think it definitely needs improvement. So I got them taking Vera Tucker here. He's played everywhere. He can play tackle. He can play guard. I mean, Vegas can find somewhere to throw him in on that offensive line. I think that's one of the biggest needs they need to address. Yeah, and I don't disagree at all here. They need to help their own line. I have Christian Darisov falling this fall far, so that's where I see them going. I saw Vera Tucker going earlier, and I think that just comes down with need. Vera Tucker seems to be able to move a little better than Darisov. Wherever you need him on the O-line, Darisov's here available. They need help on that O-line. It's pretty easy in this pick. You're going to take the best O-line available, really. Well, and I guess we'll see. I mean, um, you know, Vegas is, uh, you know, they, they ran Derek Carr for a while last year, and then they, you know, he got hurt. They ran Mariota. So um, do either of you think that, you know, obviously Derek Carr is going to be the starter for them. Do you think that Derek Carr is on his last legs in Las Vegas? Do you think that Mariota has a chance to to claim that that starter position? And, and does that affect, affect their draft draft at all? Honestly, I don't know what the Raiders are doing. I mean, if you look at it, they've been in a rebuild since the early 2000s. I mean, Mayock and Green came in there and tried to turn it around. I mean, they had one winning season back in I mean, 2016 or 17 it was, and after that they haven't had a winning season since 2000. So, I mean, I liked Derek Carr. I mean, he, was, he had some MVP votes a few years ago. So, I mean, he can obviously get the job done, but I think – the Raiders just need one big massive shakeup, and I don't think Carr is the long. Yeah, I just really don't know what the Raiders do overall, but this year you got to stick with Carr. I mean, they have a, some really, really good pieces in Las Vegas, and I think Carr with a better O line, you have guys 
who like rugs who can really bring it. Their running back's good. They have some pieces there that maybe can work, but so that's where I just see you need to take an O line, help that. And then you got to start working on the defense afterwards. But I don't think they're that far, but they're kind of in a weird spot where they're not, they don't suck enough to get a really good draft pick, but they're not really good enough to compete. Kind of in a tough spot, kind of like the Falcons, except for the Falcons are obviously worse. Um, but then you kind of move into Miami, where Miami's, uh, and this is, you know, Miami's actual first round pick in the 2021 draft um, is the 18th pick. And now Miami's been historically over the past five, six, seven years been in that spot where they're not good enough to compete and they're not good enough to get a really good draft pick. Um, you know, via trade, Laramie Tunsil, they, they managed to move up and get a, a really good draft pick at the start and get their own pick at 18. Um, but they're on my, as you know, and we're a little biased because we're Miami fans, but these guys are on the verge here. Um, you know, assuming depending on who they take on their first overall pick, this could be a major turnaround year with Brian Flores in the squad. Um, we'll see what happens with Tua. We'll see what happens if, the, the, you know, one thing I, I will talk about later was the, you know, they, they got rid of Eric flowers. There's lots of cap space to get to Sean Watson. All of that aside, uh, Cam, who do you got at 18 for our boys? The, the, the pod, the Miami Dolphins at 18. Yeah. So again, you just touch on the Miami spot. They got four picks in the top 40 or 50 here. They had the earlier pick this pick kind of gone all over the place with it, but I think you're better to go to the edge and who you think is going to be the best. I had Quiddy pay going earlier. If new England's there, if not, they're going to take Quiddy pay if he's available. Secondly, if he's not, I think they go Jalen Phillips. One of these edge guys is going to be good. There's a lot of them in this draft. One of them is going to turn out to be way better than we think, although they're all dropping to later in this first round. So I think the Miami takes their chances. They need help on that edge. They need help getting to the quarterback. Jalen Phillips or Quiddy Pay will be that guy for them this year. All right. So, yeah, I mean, like defensive line, like that's that's a spot where you want to where you want to shore up. I mean, you've got guys that you signed to big contracts who are, who are going out the door. You're trying to keep your team young. Um, and it's pretty obvious that Miami's not afraid to put in uh, rookie players to, to fill big roles. So we'll see if that is a, uh, a solution for this upcoming year. Jake, what do you think Miami's doing at 18 here? Yeah. So I have them taking uh, Smith first. So just like chance that I got them taking Quiddy pay here. I mean, in my opinion, he's the best edge rusher in this class. He's explosive. He's big. Uh, I love his backstory. And yeah, like Miami had Miami had a good total sacks last year, but they didn't have anyone that really stood out as a pure pass rusher. So I think uh, Pay brings that to the team for them. And I mean, after quarterback, you can argue it's the most valuable position on the football field. All right, boys. So we're 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 getting through it. So we're we're through eighteen picks at nineteen. Again, uh, we're assuming he's a listener, but we got another guy who's a fan of the Washington football team, the team with no name, formerly known as the Washington Redskins at uh, at 19, who they're probably going to keep Washington football team as their actual name. That's super stupid. But uh, Jake, who do you got at 19 for WFT? So I got the football team taking linebacker Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. I mean, I love that's impressive that you could absolutely get that name out, by the way. (laughs) So I love the football team's defense. I mean, they got probably the best line in the league. They beefed up their secondary and the only hole they're missing is really a linebacker. And I mean, after Parsons, I think it's pretty clear. Owusu Koromoa is the best linebacker there. I mean, watching him on tape, he's where the ball is before the ball even gets there. 
he can cover. I mean, the thing is, people are a little bit concerned about what role he's going to have, but I think they can put him anywhere on that defense, and he'll be a competitor. Yeah, I really like Owusu Karamoa here. Uh, he's one of the guys I thought Miami might go just because he can play everywhere, and he kind of fits Brian Flores's. The football team, though, I've kind of gone back and forth. Before picking up Eric Flowers today, I had them going Tevin Jenkins, but I think Owusu Karamoa is the pick here now for them. You really shore up that defense and just add to it, and I think they're going to be – they can compete for the number one defense in the NFL with the Rams now if they add that. No, I mean, it's really interesting. I mean, the Washington football team, again, surprised people last year, um, and maybe not everybody, but they surprised a lot of people last year. Uh, but they're kind of in this part. We're kind of in the part of the draft. They're moving into number 20, uh, which is the Chicago Bears, and these are teams that made the playoffs and were really underwhelming in the playoffs, in my opinion. I don't think that really anybody thought that they had a shot. Um Number 20, Chicago Bears, NFL 2021 draft. Jake Cowell, who do you got? Yeah, so with the Bears at 20, I'm going to take safety Trayvon Morig. Uh, You could say the Bears need to go offense here, but they lost Fuller in the offseason. Their secondary is pretty weak, and Morig's a stud. I mean, he's a clear number one safety in the class. He's got coverage skills and physicality to play higher time into the box, so I think Chicago is going to roll with Morig here. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's a bad pick at all. I think they got to help that secondary again as missing Fuller this year. I have them going Greg Newsom the second. He's just a guy who can step in day one. He's probably, out of all these corners, doesn't have the highest ceiling, but he's one of the guys who's day one ready. Week one, he can step in and help that Bears defense that's going to need some help without Fuller. So one of those things with the Bears, man, like as I said kind of pre, uh, you know, before Jake kind of made his pick is, you know, the Bears have been, you know, they, they made the playoffs. They were a disappointment in the playoffs, kind of just like the Washington football team. Um, didn't do too much. Is, is you know, Jake, what, what do the Bears have to do in this offseason? Is it just at QB that they need to improve, or what do they got to do here to actually make themselves somewhat of a contender? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think they need to find an identity at the quarterback position. I don't think Andy Dalton's the long-term uh, solution. I mean, they only signed him to a year contract anyways, so... Bears fans aren't going to like it if they start trading up to draft quarterbacks after the Mitch Trubisky fiasco, but I think in the second or third round, that's one of the big spots they have to target. Yeah, I definitely see them being one of those guys, Trask, Mills, Mond, one of those second-tier quarterbacks who's going to go in the second or third round, they're going to be in. They're not a horrible team. They definitely have some really good pieces. So Andy Dalton might be able to get it done for a year or two. He's uh, showed signs at times, so... We'll see what they can do, but they definitely have to rebuild through the draft, and I think they have a decent position here to at least get one player to really help out that team. Well, we're going to move into uh, pick number 21 here, which is the Indianapolis Colts, and this is an interesting team this year. I've said that a couple times. I mean, there's a lot of interesting and fascinating storylines. I mean, the Colts are are in a division where, um, you know, last year kind of at the end of the year, they were making a push for that division title. Uh, You know, the Titans have lost some players. Um, So, yeah, so Cam, let's go with you first. Who do you got the Colts taking at, at 21 here? Kind of gone back and forth on this pick a couple times, but I think when it comes down to it, they're going to step in and take one of these edge guys. We have a few of them who are going to be right there for the taking. So I got them taking Aziz Adjulari. If I said that wrong, it's more than likely I probably did. That's fine. They're they're going to try and uh, take one of these edge guys to really help out that team and that defense. They're, again, a really good team. Carson Wentz, I think, is going to help that team greatly on offense. Just gives them a lot more 
they can work with, then let's help the defense. All right, so just before, Jake, you go with your pick, i just like to acknowledge that uh, in the back of my head there, I was like, Carson Wentz is going to help that team? And I'm like, oh, yeah, he doesn't play on the <laughs> Eagles anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's going to take some getting used to. Jake, what do you think about that one? Yeah, I mean, so I agree. Uh, Colts are probably going to go edge rush here. I mean, you can make the argument for left tackle, too. I mean, they lost two of their best edge rushers in the offseason in Houston and Autry. Uh, the top three tackles are off the board, so they don't best available pass rusher. I'm giving him Jalen Phillips there. Uh, if he didn't have medical issues a few years ago, he'd probably be in conversation as a top 10 pick. Uh, if the medicals check out, I think he could be a steal for the Colts at 21. Well, then we're going to look at the the kind of counterpart to what I just said. The Tennessee Titans are selecting at number 22, and uh, they, they've lost some guys. And, uh, and, you know, and Tannehill wasn't great in the playoffs and that team just could not shut down Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Um, so division's kind of up for grabs. So, so Jake, what do you, what do you see happening with Tennessee at uh, 22? Yeah, 22. I mean, like you said, they lost a lot of people in the off season, Corey Davis, uh, John Smith, uh, mostly all their secondary. So you can make an argument for wide receiver here, but I mean, Vrabel's a defensive minded coach and he needs to revamp that secondary. And I heard them taking Greg Newsome. Uh, he's beginning to make his way into like the top tier corner conversation, and rightfully so. I mean, I think he only allowed twelve catches last year, and uh, yeah, I think they're gonna go Greg Newsom here at twenty-two. Yeah, I really like the Newsom pick. Like I said, I think he can step in week one for a lot of these teams and be a difference maker. But I see the Titans; they need to go help give Ryan Tannehill because, as a Dolphins fan, Ryan Tannehill is not as good as he's shown the last couple of years. Without the weapons like Johnny Smith and stuff, they're not going to be good. So I'm going to have them taking Elijah Moore here. I know Jake will like that pick. It's a guy who a couple months ago I had no idea who he was. Jake kept talking him up. And now we're seeing him come into the first round in a lot of spots here. So I have them taking Elijah Moore and really need to help Tannehill do something more than just handing off the ball. Yeah, I really like that pick. Uh, him and Brown play together in college at Ole Miss, so they should be able to connect pretty good there. And, uh, yeah, Moore will definitely be a nice second option there in Tennessee. Uh, once again, um, you know, kind of coming in at a pick 23 in the NFL 2021 draft, we have the New York Jets, the dumpster fire of the uh, AFC East. Um, so they're getting this pick from uh, from Seattle um, so, you know, what, what the Jets are more than likely going to, you know, take a quarterback and for their first pick, what are they doing for their, for their second pick here? Uh, Cam, let's start with you here. So I really think if they're going to stick with this pick, they're going to go O-line. They want to help out Wilson. The guy I think they want though, they can get later in the draft. So at 23, I see them trading back. The Bills want their choice at running back. I think the Bills are going to step up. You got an interdivision trade and they're going to take Travis Etienne here. They wanted to get ahead of the Steelers. The Steelers are going running back from everything we're hearing. So that's where I see them going. It allows the Jets to still trade back and get their guy later because the tackles here and the offensive line he was going, you can wait a few picks. Yeah, all this running back talk seems to heat up. So I, uh, I like the Bills jumping ahead of the Steelers to get their first crack at it. Uh, I actually got the Jets going on the defensive side of the ball. I got them taking Aziz Ojolari, edge rusher. Uh, they had some nice additions in free agency, getting Corey Davis, Carl Lawson, and now they get two first-round picks. So, yeah, like, like we said, they're likely taking Zach Wilson as number two. So now they're going to take a pass rusher here. Uh, Ojalar is one of the most complete pass rushers in the class, and he's going to make a real nice compliment opposite of Carl Lawson. 
Well, that moves in perfectly to uh, to pick number 24 uh, in the 2021 NFL Draft, uh, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, Jake, let's start with you then. So, Cam saying that the, the Bills are going to try to jump ahead of the Steelers and grab a running back. Uh, what do you see the Steelers doing here at 24? Yeah, so, again, I'm breaking my rule about mock draft, basing it off rumors that I hear and not what I think they should do. Uh, I think the rumors are true, and Pittsburgh's interested in Najee Harris. I mean, they don't have a number one running back right now, so it does make sense. But they also don't have much of an O-line, and I think that should be their biggest priority. I like them taking Tevin Jenkins here also, but I'm going to lock in Najee Harris at 24. I agree. It's got to be Najee Harris. You see him stepping into that team day one. He's kind of that back that they've always kind of wanted. He's definitely different than Connor's. Connor is, and yeah, the O-line's not great, but it sounds like they want a running back. Big Ben's just not good enough. You need another option. You need the ability to be able to hand off the rock, and that should give them the ability to. Let's move into pick number 25, which is once again the Jacksonville Jaguars from the LA Rams. Uh, More than likely, I think 99.9%, they're taking Trevor Lawrence as we briefly brushed over right at the start. Uh, Jake, where are we at at uh, at uh, 25 with Jacksonville here? Yeah, so I know the Jaguars taking a defensive tackle here, getting Christian Barmore from Alabama. I mean, some people may want some help for Lawrence, but their Jaguars are back up in eight picks again anyway, and there's a lot of good guys available, and Barmore is too good to pass up. I mean, Urban Meyer loves building up the defensive front he had. Chase Young, the Bosa's at Ohio State, and now he's adding probably the most ferocious defensive tackle to an already promising D-line. This should be an easy one for him. Yeah, I really like that pick. The only difference I have in my mock is I had Trayvon Mooring falling this far, and the Jags are in a spot here with a pick not that far away where they're just going to take the best available player. I think Mooring falls here, and he's the best available player. They need help in that secondary too. So to me, I see that's where they're going to go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I I see the Jaguars as probably like the last spot that Mooring falls. They're not letting them pass it. I think like Andrew Wingard is their starting safety over there right now, so that's definitely a major need for them for sure. Well, now we're moving into the uh, part of the draft where we're talking about teams that last year were legit contenders for the Super Bowl. Um, at 26, we have the 11 and 5 Cleveland Browns. Uh, you know, the Browns really had a chance against the Chiefs. I mean, part of that reason is Patrick Mahomes went out in that game. They kept it close. Um, you know, they couldn't get it done defensively. Cam, where, where do the Brown? What do the Browns have to add to this team to make them um, that perennial contender? Yeah, I mean, it pains me to say it, but the Browns are a really good football team. It's hard to see that and realize that, and it doesn't really feel like real life. But they are, and I can see them going a lot of different ways here. I think they definitely want another wide receiver. We'll see what OBJ brings if he's back this season. But I see them just adding to that deep line, which is so good, and adding Christian Barmore. I think he's going to be available to here. You add him, Garrett, Clowney, that's going to be one scary line. So they're going to pick it, him up at d- defensive tackle here and just really that defense is going to be legit. And I think they can compete as a defense against the Rams and for that number one overall. Yeah, I couldn't have worded it much better than that. I mean, I hate saying it too, but I really like what Cleveland's shaping up to be right now. I mean, they filled all their defensive holes in free agency with Clowney, Johnson, Hill. They got one of the most complete rosters in football. And, I mean, if they can put it all together out on the field, they're going to be scary. And I think they kind of showed us against Pittsburgh what they're capable of doing when they're playing at their full potential. So I got them taking linebacker Jamin Davis. Uh, he's been rapidly climbing up the ranks right now. He's got the sideline to sideline speed. Merely risks a tackle. And he's got the ideal frame for a linebacker. So that's one of the major holes they still have left. So I think Cleveland will uh, 
definitely be targeting the defensive side of the ball with this pick, and I got them taking a linebacker. Well, then, Jake, the, the nice thing is is here is that at 27, we have your boys, the Baltimore Ravens. We know they're not taking an RB, uh, running back because they already got an RB1 in Lamar Jackson. Who do you got your boys taking here at, uh, at number 27? Yeah, so we're going to give our RB1 a wide receiver to throw to. So before Baltimore had these two picks at the end of the first, I wouldn't have take, I wouldn't have given them a wide receiver. I would have went edge rusher here. But now that we got two, I'm going to take Rashad Bateman. I mean, after Bateman's real height came out a few weeks ago, he's kind of been going up and down boards. Uh, but his route running and his release are too good to pass up. I mean, throwing him in with Watkins and Brown should hopefully open up the Ravens' passing game. Yeah, I mean, that's a great pick. I definitely see them going receiver here. Bateman's one of those guys who I actually see falling to the second round now, though. I don't see him being picked up in the first. And everything I'm hearing around the Ravens is they really like Kadarius Toney. I see them going that route with this pick. And again, like I wasn't sure if they were going to go receiver and give Lamar another option. But now having two picks right here, they're going to go Kadarius Toney and take a wide out here. Yeah, I mean, I, I need, like, you got Tony there, you got Bateman there, you got Marshall there, uh, maybe Elijah Moore. I'd be happy with any of them. I think that's one of the major needs that we need to uh, grab here. So any of those wide receivers that are available there, I'd be happy with. Who do you not want to see them pick up at, uh, at 27, Jake? Honestly, even though we got rid of Orlando Brown and we got a pretty big hole at right tackle right now, I really don't want to see it being an offensive lineman. I mean... I think DaCosta was pretty smart, and he knows what he's doing when he traded Brown. I mean, I don't think it was a coincidence that he met with two tackles the week that he traded him. So I think he's got bigger plans than that in uh, free agency. So I don't think any of these tackles are kind of worth the pick here at the end of the first. I think they're going to be more early to mid-second round picks. So if they came, if they got this pick with a tackle here, I'd be a little bit upset. So you'd be, you'd be throwing chairs if they pick up a tackle here. Yeah, I mean, if you got some pretty good wide receivers and some good edge rushers here and we miss out on them for taking a offensive tackle, then I'd be pretty upset. And that's something you can do later in the draft, though, too, right? Yeah, I mean, like, like there's a lot of guys they can find late. I mean, they've had success finding guys late in the past. I mean, that's where they got Orlando Brown from in the third round after he fell. So I got full confidence in whatever they're going to do. I mean... They don't usually let me down, so whatever's best for the team, I have faith that's what they're going to do. They don't let you down, except for they don't win Super Bowls. It's a tough life to live. Um, so let's go into uh, pick number 28, which is uh, the New Orleans Saints. Now, uh, Drew Brees retired, so we all know that the Saints need a quarterback. I I'm seeing a lot of chatter on, on social media, a bunch of different mock drafts. Having a quarterback drop this far, uh, Cam, New Orleans Saints, they've got Taysom Hill. Um, they've got uh, the pick guy. Oh, man, his name's slipping me right now. Jameis Winston. Winston. Yeah, no, I got him. 30 for 30 is his nickname, so there you go. Um, so they got a couple guys. I mean, Taysom's not really a quarterback. What do you, what do you see the, the Saints doing here at, uh, at 28? Yeah, this is kind of a pick I've gone all the over the place. I definitely think they want to add one more weapon on the offensive side. There's lots of decent receivers here. But in my mock, I had Jeremiah Wusa-Karamoa dropping this far. And I think the Saints just want to pick him up and add them to the defense. He's a guy who can drop in coverage. He's a guy who can kind of play all over the place. I think the Saints are a huge wild card here, and I really don't know the pick. But if I had to go somewhere, I'm going to go with Wusa-Karamoa. Yeah, I love that pick, too. You can definitely make an argument for linebacker. I mean, they got rid of Quan Alexander. Demario Davis is getting up there in age. But uh, I got them going wide receiver here. I got him taking my boy wide receiver Elijah Moore. 
Uh, I mean, like Cam said, I've been talking about this guy for months. I really like him, his fit in, like, India or Tennessee if he goes earlier, but I especially like it in New Orleans. I mean, after releasing Emmanuel Sanders, there's a pretty big hole in the Saints wide receiver room. I mean, Jameis is hopefully going to be the quarterback there, and he was the QB when Godwin had his breakout year in Tampa when he was playing in the slot. I mean, Moore has the speed to take it deep in the release package and physicality to play the inside from the slot. I'm really excited to see what he does. Now, here, let me ask you this question. So, Baltimore's picking at... 27 and it's your boy elijah moore going at 28 do you not see baltimore taking a stab at elijah moore at 27 then that has been probably the hardest pick for me to make i mean i really like elijah moore i really like rashad bateman i just found that bateman was seen more logical i thought his fit might be a little bit better but honestly i'd be fine with either i i honestly stared at that pick and i'm like i'm like i don't know man i'm like what do I do? Like Baltimore is one of the hardest teams for me to mock, and I'm sure you guys feel the same way about Miami. Is that there's like a guy you kind of want, you don't put him on the other team's radars around there, so you kind of want him to fall there. So I'm pretty bad for doing that sometimes, but I mean, honestly, I'd flip a coin. I'd be happy with either of them. But I mean, like Moore's a guy that you'd be thrilled with, and it's crazy because as we just talked about, man, like Bateman's been off the first round uh, radar uh, on some mocks. He's been back on. And then, you know, Cam's got more going at uh, at 27, or sorry, at 26, I think it was. And you've got him going at 28. Like, it's all over the place. So, um, Cam, could you see Elijah Moore dropping down to 28 for the Saints here? Or is he, like, is there a possibility that Elijah Moore could drop out of the, t- out of the first round? I don't see him dropping out of the first round anymore. From what I'm hearing, he's kind of stepped above the guys like Bateman and stuff. I see him going 22 to the Titans. Yeah, there's a whole group of these three or four receivers where even Marshall, he could go at 22. Moore could drop down to where he's going to go. There's a whole group of them, but no, I think Elijah Moore has now kind of made himself as kind of that next step receiver, and he's that kind of next tier, and he's near the top of that next tier. Well, it's going to be interesting to see because uh, we got some best bets coming up after our picks here, so... I, I have no idea what your guys' best bets are. So if, if it's in there, it's in there. If it's not, it's not. But with uh, Elijah Moore kind of all over the place, um, could be a play for sure. And now we're going to talk about number 29, which is the Green Bay Packers. Uh, friend of the show, Brady Baker, is a massive fan of the Green Bay Packers. We all know that they're not going to draft any offensive help for Aaron Rodgers because that's just not what the Packers do. Cam, where do you got the uh, the Packers going with this pick at number 29? This might be the easiest pick I've had all night. They're going to stop up here at 29 and take the quarterback from Stanford, Davis Mills. Okay, probably not. They're not going to do that again to Aaron Rodgers, but, I mean, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Green Bay again. They need help on that offensive line after losing Corey Lindsley. So it's where they want to go with this pick. I have Landon Dickerson here. I think he's going to step out, step in and help that O-line. So that's where I think their biggest need is. Yeah, you'd like to see them go receiver if you're a Packers fan or maybe go corner. But I think they need help on that O-line still to keep Rodgers, who's not that mobile as we found out in the playoffs. You need to give him a little extra help. Yeah, and I think before Dickerson's ACL injury, he was a surefire number one uh like first round pick anyways and now i think he's slowly creeping his way back up into that and yeah replacing the center is definitely uh should be one of green bay's priorities but i got them going on the defensive side of the ball i got them taking cornerback asante samuel i mean 
Yeah, like you said, another year, another year not getting Rodgers any wide receiver help. But, I mean, he's shown he can be the best at what he's got, and that's why I'm going on the defensive side. Everyone knows what happened to Green Bay against Tampa. I'm not going to dig too deep into that. And after Jair, there's pretty big gap. Thing was a little undersized, but, I mean, he plays bigger than what he is, and I really like him in Green Bay. No, dig, dig deeper into that, man. Dig, dig, dig deeper into that because because Green Bay, frankly, didn't have it. Like they they look like a completely awful team against uh, against Tampa. Yeah, well, I mean, playing press man at the end of the half and Kevin King letting guys run by him and then resigning them and then I'm not gonna say Brady gets his way, but I mean, some debatable pass interference calls there. I'm, oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm not going to say what happened. I mean, what happened happened and uh, it's over. So Was it was this not the game that Scotty Miller right at the end of the second quarter got released off the line and got a 50-yard touchdown at the end of the, at the end of the second quarter and just burned everybody? And by the way, white lightning Scotty Miller that's exactly what happened in this game. <laughs> well, we can't also forget. That's why I think they need help on the offensive line is Aaron Rodgers can't even attempt to run 10 yards. He's too scared to do that on third and goal. Uh, that's a good point to bring up, though, because, I mean, yeah, I mean, like the, if you saw in Jeopardy recently, it was like, you know, why didn't, you know, oh, oh, well, I forget the question exactly what it was. Cam, are you, uh, do you remember what it was? Was it, was it, why didn't you run the ball or was it, why didn't you go for the, why'd you kick the field goal? I forget which one it was, but just to answer that question, either one of those questions is valid. Yeah. You just got to rip on Aaron Rodgers. He's going to host it. You don't know the answer to a question. Let's just take a shot at him. Yeah. Why not? Hey man, why, why are you kicking the field goal and giving the ball back to one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time? Um, anyway, so we're going to move into uh, to pick number 30. And pick number 30 is the Buffalo Bills. Um, I think I started with Cam last time. Cam, I'm going to start with you again because I think that you had the the, the Bills trading up uh, past the Steelers here with the Jets to number 23. Yeah, so I had the Jets falling back in this spot here, and I think they're still going to get their guy. Everything I'm hearing is the Jets really like Liam Eichenberg on the offensive line. He's a guy a lot of people aren't talking about as much, but I've slowly heard him creep back up into that first round. And so if they can trade down, get assets, and still get him here, which I think they'd be plenty able to do, they're going to take him here and be quite happy. If the Bills stay it, they have a lot of options. There's a couple linebackers who are good. There's some edge rushers who are chance, and I think they're going to go one of those routes. But with me, I still think they're going to trade up and try and get a running back or even take a running back here. So what do you think that the Bills' compensation uh, sorry, the, the Jets' compensation would be for the Bills moving up here. And if you don't know, like I can ask Jake the same question. From what I'm hearing, it's going to be about a mid-round pick. Some people are saying third-round pick just to move up a few spots. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's usually what you got to do when you're in the late first. I mean, it's not a huge value pick to move up. It's not like they're moving up into the top 10 to drive a quarterback. So, yeah, third-round pick, maybe even you throw in another late-round pick, and then you get – the other teams pick too. So yeah, it's, I would probably say a third round pick for sure. And then what do you got going on for the bills at, uh, at 30, Jake? Yeah. So I saw another bills pick in here. So I know them going to edge rusher, Joe Tryon. I mean, Buffalo has a really complete team. They just need that push it over the hump. Uh, Tryon's a little bit overlooked cause he sat out last year and has a small sample size, but I mean, he's super explosive. It goes right through linemen. And according to teammates, he's got even better working out in the offseason. So I think Tryon's going to break into the first one and go to the Bills here. I just find it funny when everybody like starts a sentence with where they say, yeah, he, he, you know, he has a really small sample size. 
It's one of those sentences that I'm like, man, if you said to anybody, yeah, he's got a major small, and then you follow it up with sample size, and it's kind of a weird, uh, <laughs> weird transition. Anyway, um, as I said, this is what I do. I just throw out awkward fucking jokes because I don't have any picks of myself. That's what well, I do. You're just going to hear lots and lots of this small sample size with all these guys opting out this year. It's just on repeat in every draft talk you're hearing right now. It's small sample size. No, this guy didn't play this year. Oh, he only played one year. It's a small sample size. You're going to hear a lot there, Burke. I'm pretty sure that there's lots of women in the bedroom who are like, you know what? It's, it's, a, as I said, the one thing I'll say though is, is that there's lots of women in the bedroom who are like, after a one night stand, they're like, ah, it was no good. I'm like, the, the response should just really be, I'm not small. It's just a small sample size. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's something that we haven't really touched on either, though, is all the players that are uh, opting out. Like we had Jamar Chase not play, uh, Joe Tryon, like I said. There's a bunch of guys there and i mean it kind of sucks for guys too that were supposed to go earlier now they're gonna go late or guys even guys other way by uh playing and i mean like we got something two years because maybe they were injured two years ago and then kobe kept them out of this year so it's definitely gonna be a weird draft for sure but uh, i'm excited to see how it plays out well let's move into number 31 which is the kansas city chiefs um and and the last two picks here i mean we have both super bowl guys Cam, you're shaking your head. Is it not Kansas City at 31? No, they just traded it to the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, man. I did not I'm even not follow that not. today. So, Balt- wait, Baltimore's got you 31? Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. Well, you, you can, you can, you can, Why you, am I hosting this? Keep rolling I'm like with the two Super Bowl teams hanging out at the end here. You can keep going with that. <laughs> oh, no. Well, no, 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 no. Let's not do that. Sorry. I must have missed that. I, I don't know. Like, as I said, like we had some technical difficulties, and this is all got in my head. And so now I'm I'm looking at an old draft order. So whatever. I mean, things are moving back and forth. All right, let's reset here then. So we got Baltimore again in the first round. So this is going to be their, correct me if I'm wrong, their third pick in the first round? No, this is still just their second. What? Didn't, I, didn't we just talk about? Oh, no, I guess it is their second. There you go. Okay, so I am wrong. So there you go. Correct me because I am wrong. All right, Jake. So you got uh, Baltimore at thirty-one. You had one job. One. Yeah, you got the yes. hard part. You're making the pick. <laughs> I had. Uh, yeah. Well, you know what? Whatever, man. Like, you know what? It's. Uh, I had a great list going, and uh, you know what? I. Uh, you know, what? I'll, t- I'll. I'll take ownership for that. You know, I should have been better. I should have been. Better. I was Brooks Kepka at the Masters right now. So, uh, which, by the way, if anybody doesn't follow golf, that's terrible. All right, so Baltimore at 31. Chiefs don't have the pick anymore. Chiefs don't need the pick. And then we'll start with Jake. Jake, 31, Baltimore, where are we going? I already kind of touched on it, saying how I don't think they're going tackle here just because I think they do have a plan in free agency. Uh, DaCosta said he ain't making a signing until after May 3rd so we don't lose a uh, compensatory pick. So I am going edge rusher here. It's definitely a major need with losing Ngakwe and uh, Judon in free agency. So I don't think Jason away from Penn State. Uh, away would go earlier, but he lacked production in 2020. And I mean, he ran a 4.36.40, which is absolutely ridiculous for a guy who's 6'5", 260 pounds. I mean, he made a living feasting in the backfield last year getting running back because, I mean, he wasn't getting many sacks. He didn't have any sacks last year. Uh, big reason why he's fallen, but I mean, that's the one guy that I really want this in this year's draft. Now we cheering for him if he's uh, name's called on Thursday. 
Yeah, I really think that that's where the Ravens are going. I think they really like Owe. He's definitely a guy who can drop into coverage. He has issues. Yeah, he doesn't get to the quarterback. So you look at all these guys who are going ahead of him. They get to the quarterback or have the ability to. And that just makes the most sense for me. It's a guy who fits into that defense while he should still be available because of that zero sacks this year. So it's an interesting and a good pick by them, I believe. Yeah, and Baltimore blitzes more than anybody in the league. They drop their edge rushers and he's going to be able to get production there pretty easily. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do there. All right, so last but not least, we have the Super Bowl champs, the boys who made me a ton of money. Uh, It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 32, right? Yeah, that is correct. Okay, good. I nailed the last one. So, you know, the bar set really high here. Uh, All right, Cam, Bucks. 32 what do we got yeah so i really thought they can go a lot of ways with this pick they don't really need anything this year they're kind of looking for the future so a huge boomer bust guy i see being is gregory russo out of miami edge rusher he's a guy who had a great year two years ago shows a huge ton of upside his pro day wasn't good a lot of people are seeing him down but he's a huge candidate to really be this boom and has a huge ceiling so with the Bucks not needing a ton this year, I think that's definitely the route to go for them. Yeah, I totally agree. That's exactly who I have as well. I mean, Tampa somehow brought back all 22 starters and arguably have one of the most complete teams in the NFL right now. So I wasn't really sure who to pick here. You can kind of pick anybody. But I got Rousseau because the potential is there. I mean, he's been ranked everywhere from top 10 to 30th to outside the top 50. And I mean, the Bucks got a pretty aging D-line there with Sue and Pierre Paul. And Rousseau can make an impact on Sprider Downs with his versatility and even a year of development definitely wouldn't hurt. So I like Greg Rousseau there. So let me ask you this question. So with the Bucks being, uh, you know, getting the majority or all of their starters back, are they then the favorites to make it back to the Super Bowl this year or not so much? Going into the season right now, I mean, I don't see how you see was missing their tackles, but, but the Buccaneers dominated the Super Bowl and bringing everybody back. I don't know how you just can't have them as the preseason number one. Yeah, I mean the Bucks are definitely one of the one of the favorites here. I still like KC if I was going to have a futures here. What really killed KC in the playoffs is having a zero O-line. They go from having zero O-line in the Super Bowl to arguably the best O-line now in the NFL. So to me, it's really they've lost Sammy Watkins is their big loss now, but I think I, if I'm going to put a future bet it's going to be on KC, although they're right there with Tampa Bay as the favorites and both rightfully so they're the best two teams last year and i think they got a good chance of being the best two teams again this year no that's all we got here so hey so we got we've gone through all 32 teams before we kind of we got enough time here that we're going to move into our best bets uh we're going to move into our uh, nhl picks quick uh before we do that i'm just going to ask both these guys cam you're a miami fan i'm a miami fan and then jake's a ravens fan uh, Cam, what do you not want to see Miami do? You've given your picks about what you, uh, who you think they're going to draft. What do you not want to see Miami do in this draft? Yeah, I mean, it's all, from the sounds of it now, they're going to miss out on Pitts, who I think they really wanted for a while here. But I don't want to see them draft an O-lineman. They did three of them last year fairly high. Austin Jackson didn't show what you wanted to see, but he's still got a ton of potential. I know there's two guys who are really good in this draft. But at six, you need a pass catcher. There's a couple other options there. But for me, basically, I want to see a somebody who can catch the pass with their first pick, take a chance on these edge rushers with that second, and then they still have the 35th pick and the 50th. So I'm really hoping for a running back at 35. And to me, that would be a really successful draft. 
And Jake, I'll go to you. I know I've already asked you about what would be a disaster for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, and, and, you know, your rule in terms of draft is you're, you're drafting who you would draft, not who they're going to draft. Um, so is your draft with Baltimore the best case scenario for, for the Ravens, in your opinion? Uh, personally, yeah, I think so. And I mean, if they plan on signing an offensive lineman in free agency, I think wide receiver and edge rusher here is definitely their uh, ideal situation. I mean, if, if they know better than I do, if they're not planning on signing one of those guys they met with, then yeah, then they would take a O-lineman with one of these picks. Well, again, boys, thank you very much for your input and all the hard work you put into your mock drafts. Uh, not easy, man. Not uh, not not easy to do. Hence why I didn't do it because I, I, you know, too lazy. Don't want to do it myself. So we're going to do our, uh, our NFL 2021 best bets because obviously we gamble on this podcast so we're going to give you some picks here and some uh, some over-unders uh possibly some you know first running back pick possibly you know first quarter pick whatever the case is these guys are going to give you five bets each and cam we're going to start with you what's uh what's the first best bet that you've got so the one i really like i don't know if it'll happen so basically when we look at kyle pitts he's going either fourth or sixth there's really no in between. The over/under on him set at five and a half, so I'm going to hedge my bet against Atlanta going quarterback as I think they should, and you're getting plus 175 odds for that. So you bet a hundred dollars, you win 175 for the over five and a half, and to me that's just a great value play, and that's where I like going with these drafts, sprinkling a little bit on a bunch of really good value plays. So Pitts over five and a half at plus odds is too good to pass up. Jake, you going with your best bet? All right, so my first best bet here is I got Michael Parsons as the first defensive player drafted. It's plus 450 odds, so I love that value on that. Um, I mean, I think Sertain at 10 to Dallas is the most likely first defensive player taken, but, I mean, you got Detroit in there, you got Denver, you got Atlanta if they trade back. The Giants are sitting at 11, so 450, I love Parsons uh, being the first defensive player off the board. Well, I can't pick first this time on number one. Kev, you got something to say about that pick? Well, I mean, we can just move into my second. I know you wanted to give Jake the second option here, but he just basically worked off my next one. Parsons under 12.5 at plus 110. Basically, for all the same points Jake touched on, I really like putting those both bets together, really, and having them both out there. 12.5 just seems like the wrong number to me. I could see him going 7 or 9 fairly easily, and if we think he's going to be there, he's, again, plus 110 odds. You're still plus money. So under 12.5 for Parsons seems like an easy bet. Well, and Jacob, I guess since Cam's already piggybacked on your number uh, one, we're going to get to your number two here. Yeah, so I'm going to take Trayvon Morig under 26.5. So he's minus 120, so it's a little bit less there. But, I mean, 26.5 just seems ridiculous. I mean, the Jaguars picked 25, and they need to save more than anybody, like Cam touched on in the mock. So I'm going earlier in my mock draft, but I really like Jacksonville here as our last line of defense. Yeah, I really like that. There's zero way, again, it's just another one of those over-unders that it seems like it's way the wrong number. Like, I just can't see any way he passes past Jacksonville if he's even available for Jacksonville. So, again, just, yeah, the odds aren't as good, and there's not a value play, but it's almost a for-sure lock. Well, it's tough too. I mean, like we've talked about this before that uh, that odds makers and bookies are are super good at uh, you know getting the line right. Right. You look at the spread in the NFL. You look at 
you know, hockey, like it always seems that they get the line right, but I could just imagine how difficult it is with, with, you know, day of draft trades and a whole bunch of other things, how difficult it is to get the line right. Um, so Cam, who do you have at three then for your best bet? So again, that's just, I just keep going with plus odds, just sprinkle a little bit on all these different things at plus odds. Running backs in the first round, I actually have money at it at 0.5 running backs as it was a couple of weeks ago at even odds. Now it's one and a half for the over-under, but I'm still going over. We're hearing Etienne and Harris both in the first round. Williams maybe has a chance. And again, it's plus 160 odds. So I really like the plus odds over one and a half running backs in the first round. Yeah, I mean, a couple of days ago, they had it at 0.5 and minus odds. So I mean, now at 1.5 and plus odds, it must mean that uh, they know that the running back conversation is heating up too. Uh, my third one, so I'm looking at my picks here, and I realize that I kind of have almost every single secondary player covered. But I'm going to go Caleb Farley here. So yesterday, his under was set at 21.5 at plus, one, uh, plus 100. Right now, he moved it to plus, uh, 25.5. So he's at 25.5 at minus 120. So I'm taking the under on that. I mean, he was a top 10 pick before his back procedure. And he's been getting constant positive feedback on that. Indy, they all pick in the, between pitch 16 and 21. I could really see them picking a corner there. Well, now we're on number four. So we got two left each. Jake, what do you got for number four here? Let's uh, let's finish it up strong. Yeah, so I got Rashawn Slater being the first O-lineman drafted. I mean, it's plus 300 odds. So you're definitely going to get a uh, good return on that. I mean, I'm not going to say he's going to go ahead of Panay Sewell. I just like the odds here. I mean, his talent and the constant comparison between him and Sewell make 300 look really good. I mean, Sewell should be the first tackle off the board, but it's going to come down to personal preference, and I'll take the die at plus 300 all day. Yeah, I get it. I really like these bets, and these are some of the bets that Burke's going to be knowing nothing about the draft. He just sees that plus 300, plus 400. As the degenerate Burke is, he's going to be stepping oh, yeah. in and putting some money down on these. No doubt about it. So my next one's going to touch on basically the same thing. I actually don't think it'll happen but plus 400 odds for over five and a half qbs drafted you know there's going to be five in the first round and then you're hearing talk i mean if green bay passes over mills i don't know somebody else has to jump on him quick i don't know if green bay can pass that over though but you are hearing talk about the bucks trying to step up and get him and maybe find the next person for tom brady so just taking that plus 400 odds at five and a half just seems again good good value well, and then Cam, I'll give it to you here first. So the, your last best bet. So my last best bet, I think everyone thinks Mac J- Jones is going three and you're hearing Mac Jones is going three. I don't think he's the best quarterback available. We could get into that argument. So with Fields at plus 500 and Lance at plus 240 to go number three, I'm sprinkling a little bit both ways. I think they both have a way higher ceiling and could be better quarterbacks. So sprinkling those at those odds just seems too too good. Yeah, so I'm going to close it off the safety any other player for plus 7,000. I mean, it's probably not going to happen. I couldn't imagine more not going first. But the any other player applies to Elijah Molden, Jamar Johnson, or Darius Washington. But crazier things have happened. $10 bet pays you $700. And, I mean, no one's going to be yelling at me for losing them a $10 bet. I mean, if they are, they probably shouldn't be betting. But if you throw $10 down and you win $700 on this, then... Well, that sounds like something I would do. I mean, I'm, I'm down for that. So, I mean, that's our best, best segment. It kind of wraps up our NFL draft mocks and preview. Um, now, um, I'm going to put you guys on the spot. 
we talked about this before, and you guys don't know which is your favorite. But I, if I want to put $100 on a bet, and you got your five best bets that you said, what is the one bet that I should put a hundred on? And, you know, I, I'm assuming going to try to win. I don't like the plus 7,000, Jake, is my $100 bet. I mean, it pays nice, but I just don't know if it's going to happen. But out of your bets here, 100 bucks. I'm going to put down. What is the one bet you're circling on your list that uh, that if you were to put a hunch down, you would feel comfortable doing I mean, it on? I love that when it was under 21 and a half, and now it's 25 and a half. So that's definitely going to be the big one that I'm going on. So, yeah, I love that one right there. Yeah, you're definitely putting the pressure on me. I like going value plays in these plus odds. But if I'm putting $100 on one of these, it's Micah Parsons. Under 12.5 at plus odds. So $100 pays you 110 I just can't see him sticking around past 12. I think he's got a really good chance of being a top 10 player. I mean, most people think he's a top 5 talent. So if I'm going to put $100 down on a bet, that's going to be the one. Well, and I'll probably put 100 down on both. Why not? Because I'm a full D-Gen, and I just, the, you know, I'm not that, I mean, as, once Miami's done picking, I just don't care that much. Um, but, hey, I mean, some people do. You guys do. Lots of our listeners do, and and uh, and that's what we're going to do. So, uh, Jake, just wanted to thank you, man, for, uh, for giving us your insight. Obviously, you know, kudos to Cam, too, because, you know, he's the only other half of this podcast who, who put in any work into this. So, but, uh, but Jake, thanks for joining the podcast. And, uh, and we're, we are going to do a uh, draft recap on Friday. Jake, you're joining us for that. I would presume. You betcha. I'll be here. Oh, there you go. So Jake, uh, Cowell from NFL blitz.me will be back with us on Friday. And, uh, we got a little bit of time. We're going to do our, uh, NFL picks over six NFL or over six NHL picks. Sorry, excuse me. Not quite time for over six NFL picks. Can't, I wish it was. I mean, it's only, it's almost May. So we only got like three, four months to go until we can do that. But we're going to do the over six NHL picks. And, uh, as you heard from the recap, we've been on a roll here. Uh, well, I've been on a roll here. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we get it. Yeah, well, you know what? I just got to it, – it's like that lady at uh, when she was announcing Tiger Woods at that golf tournament where she's like, the winner of the U.S. Open, the Australia Open, the Travelers, the whatever. That's that's basically me, and you're Phil Mickelson. Hey, the you're only thing I'm going to say is I still have not had an Ofer weekend, weekend, which you have. So that's the only that, thing I got on you. That is true, but I feel like I've definitely had more perfect weeks, and you've had a lot of one in four, one in three weeks, so you can shove it. Uh, but, uh, Jake, do you want to join us for NHL picks, or are you heading out? I actually have to head out there. i got to go for dinner, but uh, I'll hit you with one of my uh, guaranteed locks there for your lock segment. Hit us with it. So I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Penguins to beat the Washington Capitals this weekend, and we're going to claim, claim first place back in the division. Of course you are. Of course. The Pens fans go with the Pens. Again, we got uh, Jake Cowell from NFLBlitz.me. Check it out. Uh, Jake, thanks for joining the podcast, and we'll chat with you on Friday. Thanks, man. Awesome, fan guys. Thanks for having me. Take care. Well, Cam, it was good to have Jake on the pod. Yeah, Smart it was super, Yeah, super exciting. It's definitely nice to get some more insight. I don't know if I could have done an entire uh, draft pod by myself. I don't know how well that would have gone. So it's definitely nice to be able to chat about the picks and – have some good content for our listeners. Well, it would have been an hour of 10 minutes of you talking. So nobody I mean, wants to hear much, that. 
<laughs> I mean, hey, I talked for like 15 minutes on my Leafs rant, so it's about time that you spent the majority of it talking about uh, what you want to talk about. But no, it's obviously good to have Jake on the pod, and and we'll have him on again Friday. Uh, that that podcast should be released on Saturday. We're gonna go double podcast this week, so uh, stay tuned for that draft going Thursday night. Um, so let's do so. So Jake gave us his lock, which was uh, which was Pitt. And uh, that is not, as I said, not shocking because he's a pit fan. So we can't pick that game now. So he took that one out of our uh, out of the chamber. So let's do our over six NHL picks for this week. Yeah. So we'll start it off right with the Montreal versus Ottawa game on Saturday night. Montreal's clinging to that fourth spot. They got a little bit of a gap, but they still need to pick up some wins. It's an important one tonight, Wednesday night against the Leafs. So Saturday, they're against the Sens. Where are you going with this, Burke? First, I'd like to say that the Habs are already down to the Leafs tonight, one nothing with a power play goal by William Nylander. A power play goal, Cam, from the Leafs. Yeah, you shouldn't be that shocked. That's how they beat the Habs every time, is they score a ton on power play <laughs> and get a worked five on five. Okay, well, to be fair, they, they've scored like one power play out of like 50. So it is a bit of a shock, but apparently that's all they do versus the Habs, which I'm fine with. Um, but yeah, on the weekend, I, I'm going to take, uh, I, I've done this before. I'm going to continue to the roll. I'm taking the pesky Sens, Ottawa over Montreal on the money line. Um, you know, I, as we talked about time and time again, these guys just have no quit behind them. Um, Habs are still struggling with some injuries and, uh, and Ottawa picked up the win tonight over Vancouver and, and did it handily. So, uh, yeah, give me Ottawa money line over Montreal. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to die on this bridge right here and just keep going with the Habs. I got to trust in them to get a few wins here just to stick to that fourth position. They're one of the top four teams in this division if you've watched it all year. So they're going to get these wins when they need to to hold on to that playoff spot and make the playoffs. So moving along here, we got the Canucks versus the Leafs on Saturday. Leafs money line. Yeah, I mean, this is a huge revenge spot for the Leafs. They got beat twice by Vancouver. Great story coming back from the COVID break. I got to agree. The Leafs are going to win this game. Vancouver's just playing too many games and too many nights right now. They're going to be tired. They can't keep this up. They're not going to catch the Habs. So the Leafs are going to help the Habs out a bit on Saturday. And for once, I might half-heartedly be cheering for the Leafs. So that that is... (laughs) <laughs> that's spicy right there sort of keep my analysis so short but i don't want to spend a lot of time analyzing the leafs over the canucks especially when they as you said beat them twice you know last week um it's going to be I, i'm not saying it's going to be easy but this is a no debtor to me Leafs money line over vancouver yeah so we get to our final canadian game we have the flames and oilers the flames are fighting for their lives the oilers are hanging around for that second third I mean, the first spot's got to be gone. So they're just basically playing for home ice, even though that means nothing this year. Yeah. And, you know, last week I, I, I cashed in on Calgary, taking a dub over Montreal. Um, and we, we've talked a little bit too, right? That, you know, the Habs are in danger of losing a playoff spot. If they lose out, they're in trouble, blah, blah, blah. I, you know what, man? I mean, I'm pretty sure Edmonton last night showed what they're made of. 
And, you know, if you don't contain McDavid, you don't contain Dreisaitl, it's going to be a bad time for you. Um, I think the game's actually going to be close because I do think that Calgary is going to play with desperation, but I still have Edmonton winning uh, and, and beating Calgary. I'll take the money line on Edmonton, and I, and I could see it being a 4-3 or a, or a 5-3 with an empty netter game. Yeah, so here's what I'm going to go on. I'm just going all heart this weekend. Habs need the win, and I need the Flames and Canucks to lose just to get help my stress level a bit and help me out. So I'm taking the Oilers to beat the Flames here too. Just all heart this weekend, and let's hope uh, the Habs have a good weekend and really just solidify themselves in the playoffs. I mean, height, height doesn't measure heart, but does heart measure wins is the real question. Yeah, I mean, we got Cole Caulfield now playing for us, and he should be up for the rest of the year, you figure, with Drew and being on LTIR. So uh, let's hope for good things. I mean, HDMH, Marcus Stroman should reach out to to, uh, to Bilbo, a.k.a. Cole Caulfield. That nickname just cracked me up. I was like, oh, my gosh, really? They're calling him Bilbo? Um, it's amazing how many short guys you see in the, the NHL right now, though. Yeah, I mean, the worst part about his start in the NHL, they're doing O Canada there, and he's between Shea Weber and Ben Sherratt for O Canada. <laughs> like, they couldn't have had him on the end of the line. No, let's put him between the two biggest guys on the ice, just to make That's him like having... even shorter. <laughs> That's like having a picture of, like, you, me, and, and my sister-in-law's boyfriend, Derek. Like, you've got a, like a seven, like a six eight guy, you got a six two guy, and then you got you at, like, 5'11". I don't care. How tall you five are? Five eleven, five seven, five eight. You're giving me a lot of credit. <laughs> I just gave you three inches, buddy. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to call you. You called yourself out, but okay, fine. Five seven between a six two and a uh, a six two and a six seven. You look like you look like a fucking Bilbo Baggins over there. So uh, anyway, it's uh, it's 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 all about the angle, right? That's all. That's all it's about. Anyways, we got to move into our locks and. Uh... I'll go first here. You got to keep that hundred percent record going. So I'm going to go first. I'm going to just stick with my gut. I think the Rangers are, though they're playing really well are going to lose. So I'm taking a pretty risky one here, but let's just go back to the well. The Islanders are going to win on Saturday. They're a good team. They're competing for that first in their division and they want it. So Islanders over Rangers is my lock. I like that lock. I considered going lightning over Red Wings because I think the lightning is actually underperformed. And I think that the Lightning actually need to step it up. And I'm talking myself into it as I do. But at the end of the day, I'm going to mix it up. I don't want to keep beating them. I'm taking Golden Knights versus Coyotes. I know that Golden Knights are number one in their division, and it shouldn't be close. And these are the guys that you said are uh, most likely the best in the NHL right now. Um, but I haven't done it before. So I got to keep this record rolling with integrity. And I will take the Golden Knights over the Coyotes. Money line, lock it up. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely taking an easier route, but you're switching up teams, so I'll give you credit there. I mean, betting on one of the best teams in the league, a little questionable, but you're taking a different team every week, so there's t- credit Credit is there. Well, it's better than me taking the, like, the Bruins over the Sabres. I mean, frankly, honestly, like my, my lock out of, like, for example, the North Division, I, I, like, I would lock the Leafs against the Canucks. I mean, I think that's my actual, like, that's what I was going to do, but I want to add an extra game in there just, you know, just for fun. I don't want to just like we, we, we haven't locked a North division team all year, so I don't want to start that trend right now. So any, anything else you got cam before we sign it off? I think it's been a good podcast, man. It's been a long one. I mean, our, our, uh, anybody who's not a fan of the NFL is going to be struggling to, to dig through this, but, uh, I mean, Hey, like not, not every one of our podcasts is going to be for everyone. 
Yeah, no, I mean, this is definitely insightful. And as we've said, we are going to cover most sports and any sport we definitely have interest in. And I mean, just touching on that, we had one of the most historic nights last night in Jays. Vladdy Guerrero with three home runs, a grand slam off Scherzer, seven RBIs, and now we finally get George Springer playing tonight. So another exciting time to be a Jays fan. Man, Vladdy, his swing on his first home one run versus Scherzer was butter. It was just, uh, I've never, if my golf swing could be like that, uh, that swing of the bat, man, I would be on the PGA right now. Yeah, he's making it look super easy right now. He's waiting on pitches, and he just loved to see it. And um, and I mean, hey, the Jays are just gonna. I mean, they're 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 losing right now, so Springer curse is already starting. But um, you know, they they've looked good. Their their bullpen's been pulling them along. We had discussed, as I said, that you know, that's one of the elements that they've been struggling with. Um, and and thus far, they've been they've been pulling their weight, but. Um, Beauty thing about this year, man, it's 162 game season, full season, right? There's none of this. Oh, it's you know they're 10 games into 60. They got 162. You can lose 20 straight and and still be 20 games over 500. Yeah, exactly. It's 162 games, so things will end up being where they should be in the end. And they've been missing two of their best hitters, so things are still looking up for the Jays. They're hanging around 500, and that's all you need to do this time of year. One more touch of business before we sign off. We do have to announce the winner of our over six sports swag and small biz giveaway. Um, Cam, you ready for that? Yeah, let's do it, Burke. All right, so let's load it up. So I, everybody that entered, I did assign a number uh, in, in the order you entered. I assigned you a number based on your number of entry, plugged it into random.org, ran it through, and let's do it right now. So the winner of the Over 6 Sports Swag and Small Business $25 gift card uh, giveaway goes to brad allen congratulations brad hit us up on uh on twitter at over six sports at zach burke over six uh and at c charlton turf any one of us you can tweet at and we will hook you up with the swag we should have that available in the next couple of days and so we will definitely uh hook you up with that so congratulations once again uh for anybody who did not win thank you for entering thank you for listening to the podcast um and we will have uh some more giveaways in the future um if brad does not respond to our uh to our giveaway uh i'm gonna keep it on a short timeline here i'm gonna keep it to uh what, what, should we do Saturday or should we do next week's pod? Which one do you think? Let's give them the weekend. Let's do Monday morning. Right. If we haven't heard anything by Monday morning. All right. Monday morning is going to be the cutoff. I mean, this is the beauty about our giveaways. You have, we're, we're not going to give away the winners on our socials. So you got to listen to the pod to find it. If you've won, you've got to contact us back. That's on you. If we don't hear from Bradley about his prize by Monday morning, uh, to up to eleven fifty nine fifty nine a.m. Then we will uh, we'll do a redraw. We'll give it to somebody else. I'm pretty confident that Brad's going to contact us though. So uh, we'll go from there. Cam, anything else you got for uh, for this week before we sign it off? No, that's it. I'm looking forward to Thursday night. Let's go, Fins. Fins up, baby, and we will be back on Saturday. Uh, we're going to record Friday. It'll be out Saturday with our draft recap with Jake. Jake Cowell from NFL Blitz.me, myself and Cam, as always. And uh, and for the Over Six Sports Podcast, I am Zach the Bandit Berg. 
with your favorite host, Cam. Still not going to Turf, Turf King. Come on, give it to me. Still not going to do it. No matter how much you ask and beg, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Cam Turf King Charlton. Thanks for listening to Over Six Sports. We'll talk to you next week.